Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit unitechurchak.org. Now enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. Luke chapter 1 verse 17. An angel of the Lord shows up to Zechariah and he gets blasted. I mean, blasted. He gets blasted kind of in the midst of his doubt. And this is where God doesn't need your faith to be perfect. He wants your, he needs your response to be obedient, right? But a lot of people, all of us, we find ourselves stumbling into spaces. We know, we do not understand what God's doing and we don't even know what we're doing. This is where Zechariah was. Just 100% did not see this coming and he got caught off guard and an angel Lord comes and tells him, hey, your wife is gonna have a son. You're gonna name him John. And he's like, what? He says this to him, he will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. And then Zechariah, he he doubts the angel and then he can't speak until his son is born. (laughs) Story of my life, okay. My wife was wondering why I was mute so many times. No, it's not true. Um, That's never happened to me, okay. (laughs) Joni's like, oh, I wish that would happen every once in a while maybe. I actually, <laughs> Kim, <laughs> that girl's known me since I was a teenager, so she gets to laugh extra loud if she wants. Uh, I feel like a weightiness from the Lord about what we're going to talk about today. It's just a weightiness, and I believe it's predicating revival. And we're in the middle of a series on, or towards the end of a series on Ephesians, actually, and the passage today is all about father, or, uh, you know, children and parents, and how they honor and interact and love one another. And uh, the family is really the epicenter of church. Not only the, the ecosystem of a family like us, like we, as individuals, you know, um, immediate families like blood, father, you know, sons, daughters, and husbands and wives. But then as an extension, God teaches and is teaching us that we're his family. And so the body of Christ is his family. And this is one of the dynamics of a healthy church is that we have to learn how to treat one another the same way we would operate in a healthy family. And healthy families drive culture transformation in communities. And they create stability. And so what we do with our families, guys, is we fight, fight, fight for them. No matter what, no matter how hard it is or what we have to overcome, we fight. Okay, and everything, so the the, the tension in these kind of conversations is really hard because, well, one thing I'm not saying is that if there are people that are in abuse, that you shouldn't get to a safe place. You should get to a safe place. You should get counseling. You should find help. And I'm talking outside of abusive relationships, guys, okay? One of the things that is the American dream is to be happy. And this is not a kingdom principle, Kingdom principle is to suffer. 
I'm just saying. Kingdom principle is to learn how to suffer, and suffer leads to character reformation, being made into the likeness of Christ. And I'm telling you, if you want to suffer, have kids. It will lead to character reformation. Amen? Which is what God wants in our life, okay? And the Bible says that children are a blessing from the Lord. The greatest blessing I could ever have is having another baby. And I'm not prophesying I'm having one right now. Uh, Grandbabies. We got a new grandbaby over here. Alex and Faith brought a new grandbaby into the world. Yep, not my grandbaby. (laughs) All my adult children are single and amazing. Just saying. (laughs) So if you don't know, I I have been married 28 years. Uh, Is that right? 28? Yeah, it's 28. I think it's 20. Yeah, it's 28. And, and uh, we have six kids. And so we have uh, 26, 24, 20, 16, 15, and 13. So all in the teens and above now. Um, and like I said, no grandbabies. Pray for me. But I know, I know they're great. And so, but one of the things I've never regretted out of all the suffering all the hardships, all the hard sleepless nights, all of the difficulties, even the struggles, the one thing I've never, ever regretted was having another child. Never. No, never. Because children are a blessing from the Lord. And when, when there's really a lie out there that kids are a curse or when someone gets pregnant that, oh my gosh, it's going to ruin their life. Wrong. Kids are a blessing from God. Will it create suffering? Yes. Will that produce character reformation? Yes. But does, the, does America need character reformation? Yes. Come on. And I know you guys hear me. I'm not going to do it a message about abortion, but this is why it's the counter lie of the enemy that tells us children are a curse. If you have a baby, you're going to suffer. Oh, no. You might suffer and grow. Sweet Lord, we need some of that, okay? Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to go out. There's other principles at large here, of course, that God's telling us we don't go out and fornicate and have a bunch of babies outside of wedlock. That creates a different level of disaster, okay? But murdering babies that are a blessing doesn't fix that, okay? You have a responsibility to take care of your children and to fight for your family, And one of the things that we're going to read here is we're going to talk about having a healthy family dynamic, okay? No one has the corner on this that I know. No one has the corner, like, office that they understand everything about how to do this, all right? We're all fighting and struggling and working hard at something. We had no real idea of what we're up against, and we're thrown in, and we're super responsible, and it's really exposing, and it's very hard, and it's the greatest blessing also we'll ever have in our whole life. 
It's just true. And so if you can't have your own children, you need to have spiritual children. You're made to have kids. And yeah, life is hard. Life is difficult and suffering. And sometimes we can't have our own children or we don't get married. Being married is not your destiny. Worshiping Jesus is your destiny. Having children is not your destiny. Worshiping Jesus is your destiny. I'm just laying some groundwork for this message, okay? And sometimes we lose and we miss out and life is hard. And it is difficulty, difficult. And so we have to learn how to be a church family and have healthy nucleus families as well. And we also live in a world, I'm navigating so many things right now, okay. We live in a world where there is also lots of divorce. It's like up to 60% of people get divorced and the numbers in the church are higher than in the world right now. This ought not to be. There needs to be a shift. We need to start fighting for our families. Stop looking for happiness and things being exactly perfect and fighting for unity and fighting for love in our relationships. At the same time, church, I am not saying and trying to condemn anybody that has had a divorce. Listen, serve Jesus, man. Fight for your family. You've got two families you're fighting for, double the work. A lot of hard work. Your kids, we're going to talk about kids today, should not end up as a, like a cast off or be dropped off the map because hardship has happened or divorce has happened in your families. Listen, you have children, they're your responsibility. Right? And we're supposed to fight for our marriages and sometimes they're broken, they don't work and we come back to the Lord and we repent, we try to make it work. Staying with your family is the best thing you can do, okay? It is not better, the, gra- the grass is not greener out there. Work through whatever the issue is you need to work through because kids need stability in their life. And this is one of the most important things that each of us needs to understand as parents, as families, and even as a church family is to create stability. All right? Is this, are we doing okay? I've been asking people, it's like so hard to talk about this because there's people all over the map from people that haven't been able to be married or haven't been able to have kids or have been divorced or, you know, have been in abusive relationships and stuff. And so I'm just telling you, listen, you need to follow the Holy Spirit, okay? I cannot shape all of this conversation in a way that's perfect for everybody and not trigger some people in the room, okay? So I'm just saying, Lord, bless, cover this message in Jesus' name. Help me, because we live in a messy place. And, and, and that's just the thing, is there's no condemnation for everyone in the room in Christ Jesus, okay? But there is a starting place for us. Like, wherever you're at, whatever suffering you're in, whatever mistakes you've made, or or others have made, and whatever hardship you've been through, or abuse you've been through, you have a starting place now. How are you going to lead in your family now and moving forward in our church family, okay? So let's read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. We're just going to go verse 1 through 4, just for the slide guys in the back here. Children, obey your parents because you belong. Children, obey your parents because you belong. You belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. 
If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. I just feel like I need to pray again. Father, <laughs> Lord, help me with this message. Oh, God, I wish you would have given it to Zach. <clears throat> but I'm going to do it for you the best I can. And, Lord, I pray that you would just protect every heart and soul in this place, first off, just from anything the enemy would want to do in their life, from anything wrong, I would say, or it wouldn't be said just right, especially right for them, Lord, and cause them to have you know, an experience that they'd, they'd see you wrong in any way. God, I just pray against that in Jesus' name. Just destroy the work of the enemy. Loose your angels about this place. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom to just say what you want to say today. And God, I thank you for my family. I thank you, God, for this church family and my, my immediate family, God, that you've given to me. I'm so grateful for every last one of them. Lord, we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Bible says that everything is his. Everything in the world belongs to God. That's kind of an important thing to know. That includes our families. So one thing fundamentally we have to understand about being parents is we're stewards. Kids do not belong to you. Who does it say kids belong to? Okay, so in verse 1, let's go back to verse 1. Children, now this is not an instruction for parents right now. So let's put our kid's hat on. Is everybody in here a kid? At some, right, even if your parents are dead, you're still a son or a daughter, right? Okay, so this applies to all of us as children. Aha. Listen, man, we gotta read the Bible right. Take a shift. We're, not, we're talking to everybody right now. But Jesus even said, you need to approach me as a child. Okay, so let's put our, babe, our kid hats on, all right? We're kids. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. Everybody in here is a child. We're going to obey our parents because we belong to him. Not, be because we, not because we belong to our parents. We come from our parents, so we're made for them. But... We don't belong to them. We belong to the Lord. So if all my kids, now I'm going to put my dad hat back on, all my kids belong to the Lord. So what's that make me? A steward. Stewards treat the master's stuff differently than their own stuff. Hello. I drive my dad's snow machine way different than I drive my own. It belongs to him. When I borrow your truck, Okay? I drive it differently than when I'm driving my own. I'm not taking your truck off-roading. But I might take, you know, I won't even take my truck off-roading, but that sounds like a lot of work. Okay. It's a lot of money. Some people do it, but I'm not going to drive your stuff or God's stuff the way that I would operate my own. And so when we understand that the kids belong to the Lord and kids, so let's just go, all kids in the room, and especially those that are still children in your families, okay? You're in your households. I want you to really listen to me right now. I'm going to set your life free. I'm going to give you gold. It's going to transform your life forever, y'all. 
Listen, you have an opportunity. What this, this says is you obey your parents because of your love for Jesus and you belong to him. Then it tells you to honor them. Honor your father and your mother. Obedience and honor are two totally different things. And when we, when we lock both of these things in, we unleash so much favor in our life. It's ridiculous. Okay, so obedience comes from a heart of worship to God. I want to obey my parents because I want to worship God. When I get into the church family, I also want to obey fathers and mothers or authority figures in the church family because I worship Jesus. I don't worship leaders and I don't worship parents. I worship God and him alone. But I am called to obey leaders and parents. And I'm also called to honor. And if we mix all this stuff up, we get a kind of a weird mess. All right, so when we learn how to honor, which is respect and reverence, and honor comes from attitude. I can obey my dad and dishonor him at the same time. Do I earn the favor of God when I do that? The answer is no. Because the favor comes from which principle? Obedience or honor? Honor. You, okay, so if I disobey my parents, am I dishonoring them? Yes, okay. So we have to do both these things to end up in the favor zone. The favor zone. Okay, so back to young people, okay? Here you go. And everybody in the house, you can make a shift and this favor will come back to you. But what this is like is God is giving you a key, especially as a young person. He says, don't forsake your youth. Don't waste it. Don't burn it. Don't lose it, okay? You have an opportunity to build a bridge over to a land of favor. You do. You get to build a bridge in your life Especially the earlier you younger you do it, the more compound interest on this favor you get for your whole life if you apply this principle. And that bridge, it's got a toll booth on it. And every time anybody goes across it and tells any story about anything that you've ever done towards your parents, you earn favor. You earn honor. Every time. Come on. When you have honored and obeyed your parents, you, anybody that tells a story or sees the testimony of how you've treated your parents, you will earn favor every time they go across that. One act of obedience and honor can give you favor for a lifetime. You're going to build the bridge to favor with honor. The price you pay to build the bridge, it's paved, it's paid for with honor but you can't honor without obedience. And obedience comes from the heart. It comes from right in here. And this is why it says, it's because you belong to the Lord. Where does the Lord live? When you give your life to Jesus, he comes and makes his home inside of your heart. And that is the place in the seat of where we begin to worship him. And one of the ways we express worship in our life Ephesians 5.1 says that we're imitators of God and we lay our life down just like him. Romans 12.1 says that we actually give up our whole life as an act of service to the Lord and this is worship to him. So when I worship God, it looks like service. 
When I worship God, it looks like service. Come on, when I worship God, it looks like service. Young people, when you worship God, it looks like obedience and honor. And this honor and obedience, God is watching. This isn't about what other people see, even though it is. But it's fundamentally about the foundation you are laying, the bridge you are building with your heart and attitude of worship to God to serve your parents, obey your parents, and the way you speak and feel about them regardless of their behavior. This is how true obedience and honor work. And if we can create, church, a foundation for young people in this environment that is safe, that is loving, that is honoring, that is submitted, that is kind, that has just richness in it, kids thrive in that environment. Kids do not thrive in instability. One of the most unstable things you can do is get a divorce. It doesn't just destabilize your family. It destabilizes the community, the church, and the economy. (laughs) It's a massive. People say if we could fix divorce in America, our economy would rage. It would fix our economy because of the devastation that it just causes in all of our lives. I want to read a couple things as we just come back. Ephesians 5, 31 As scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say a man must love his wife as he loves himself and a wife must respect her husband. And if we look in the Amplified again about how we read this in verse 33, it says, however, let each man of you without exception Love his wife as being, in a sense, his very own self. And let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband, that she notices him, regards him, honors him, prefers him, venerates and esteems him, and she defers to him, praises him, and loves and admires him exceedingly. So when we take this word respect, this word respect, thanks, Josh. Give me some water. Oh, (laughs) oh, thanks. Um, I'll probably kick it over, but it's cool. Don't feel disrespected if I kick it over. Um, When we look at this word respect and honor, we can interchange these two things, okay? So the way that we look at honoring our father and mother looks like this, but it looks like the way we watch wives honor their husbands. Family. Okay, now we're gonna put a couple things together here. This is challenge for everyone, by the way. Nobody gets off the hook with Jesus, okay? To make this all work, he made us all just different enough and make it all just hard enough to where we all have to die to ourselves, suffer and work hard to make it all work, and then it's awesome. And we get this amazing reward. So kids, fundamentally, right, you're gonna learn how to honor and obey, and you're gonna earn tremendous favor. Parents, imagine, no matter how you behaved each day, your kids honored and respected you, and obeyed you. Game changer. Think about how less less frustrated you'd be in your life. Because you know what, kids, I want you to know this. Parents are probably the most scared human beings on the planet. Except for being in probably a war zone or whatever, right? It's scary to raise kids. 
because you really literally don't have any control. And this is why you're not a master, you're a steward. <laughs> you don't need control because they don't belong to you. Hello. Okay, so we're going to back up even one more step. So we have wives. One of the best ways that we create a culture of honor in our homes is when dads come home or husbands come home, we honor no matter how the day is gone. And I know, ladies, it's really hard to come home when your husband comes home, because <clears throat> I've been on the other end of this, right? And husbands have no idea what's been going on. They're doing their whole work day, and you're doing all the take care of kids or take care of the home, or now we have lots of women that are out in the workplace too, but women are out in the workplace, and then primarily then they're like, taking care of the home too? <laughs> Is it? They're just, they're naturally more inclined and better at that, and that's at least my environment, and I'm not trying to, guys, it's just true. I'm not going to be politically correct. <sighs> it's too exhausting. There's too many other things to navigate in this message. Okay. <laughs> it's just the way it is. And some guys are more domestic and better at that stuff than ladies. I get it. We're all different and unique. But as a whole, ladies end up kind of with this double burden in a lot of times when they go to work. And it's, it is hard, you know, and we all try to work it out. My wife and I have done both things. We had all our kids. At, she stayed at home for most of upbringing our kids. And now we both work. And there's different challenges in uh, both spaces. But the reality is, is when we come back and our lives converge and we start creating time together from a starting place, the way we treat each other sets a tone in the home. And we're teaching our children something by the way we speak to one another. First, it says submit to one another. So honestly, we both need to love and respect the way we love and respect and talk to each other. We esteem, we venerate, we, we lift highly, we praise. That's where we need to start. Not complain, why didn't you, how come you didn't measure up, and we hit our men with shame bombs before they even get a chance to take off their boots. <clears throat> this doesn't create an environment where men are going to instantly trigger into, well, honey, the way you just, you know, negatively railed upon me makes me just really want to show you love. And that creates this beautiful, stable environment for our children to watch us bicker and fight before we try to have dinner. Okay, I'm just saying, y'all, when we start to really lock this in, we create an environment of stability, we create an environment of love, and we create an environment of honor and respect to one another. We've laid a bedrock for our kids to go, ooh, mom does that? I can do that. Dad shows love? and extends sacrificial love, comes home, serves, works, continues to lean in. And then all of a sudden we're like, wow, we have got this really cool foundation or ecosystem to do real love and life in. <clears throat> now then children, holy smokes, can you imagine? Kids, you're just leaning in from your own heart. Mom and dad are having a terrible day and you serve and honor you obey and honor, even though they're having a bad day, it can change everything. But when we come back to this scripture that says in Luke and also says in Malachi, that God is calling the hearts of the fathers to turn back to the children. Okay, all that environment is great. But if you want to set a revival loose in your home and in our church, fathers, this is just to you. It all starts with you as initiators 
in this environment is God is saying, turn your heart back to your family. Turn your hearts back to your kids. Man, fall in love with these treasures, these treasures that God has called you to steward. Fall in love with your spouse. Reignite that love with her. Come on, begin to shift your behavior and turn it from frustration, whatever that is, to prayer, to praise, to encouragement, to kindness, to sacrifice. Fathers, when you turn your hearts to your children, the kids can't help but respond. Wives can't help but respond. They can't, it's irresistible when God's love, the Father's love comes upon us. I was in this one meeting one time. It was down in Seattle and we were worshiping and T.D. Jakes was preaching. He's amazing. And he starts ministering. And I don't even know what happened. There was 3,000 people in two conference rooms. We were in the overflow room. And instantly, it was like the Father God himself walked into the rooms. And everyone fell on the ground. We all began to weep. 3,000 people, not one person that I could see was not weeping. From pastors and leaders to elders to ministers, everybody was wrecked. And I have, I'm like, Lord, I, want, I would love to have that anointing. T.D. Jakes just is like talking, blah, blah, blah. And everybody goes, Pah. it was the Father God. When the Father's love shows up in the environment, it shifts all of our hearts. And so everybody's heart shifts towards obedience and love when the Father is loving. Fathers, start loving. Come on, man, start loving. God is saying, this is a prophetic word for this hour, for the church at large, globally, locally, okay? Globally. Fathers, it's time to turn your hearts to your kids. It's time to move away from fear and shame and our own vision for our kids. Stewards don't have vision for the master's stuff. The master has vision for his stuff. And Ephesians 2 says that he created his kids, all of us, as a masterpiece, perfectly made the way he wanted. And our job is to help our young people get discover the vision God has for their life. But so many times we imprint acceptance upon them through approval. So I imprint upon you that I will accept you if you win my approval. You do what I need you to do. And sometimes this is even behave in church. Go to church. Be a Christian. Worship the way I want you to worship. These are destructive behaviors, guys. Be a football star. Be a politician. Make a ton of money. Get a 4.0 GPA. Go to college. Get your master's degree. Get a doctorate. Live this way. Live that way. Whatever it is, if you're putting something on over a person to give them vision for their life of what they have to do so that you'll accept them, guys, you're basically setting yourself up as an idol in their life. And God breaks all idols. He destroys all idols. He breaks them all. He will be the only one worshiped. And he's like, hey, whoa, whoa, steward, parent, I created them as a masterpiece. I have a plan for their life. Ask me what I want them to do. Maybe that makes you uncomfortable. 
Hello. <clears throat> Do you want your kids going to church, worshiping, reading their Bibles, just so they feel like they fit in? Or do you want them to go to church, read their Bibles, worship God, because they believe it's their destiny? Because they love God so much, they can't stop it. They can't help it. Okay, we, our goal and our design as stewards is to inspire the belief system of our children and help them understand who Christ truly is. We don't do that when we remove love. If we remove love from our families, honor from our families, then we're cranking down our kids because of fear and our own shame, and we're worried about other, how other people think of us when our kids are running around and being a mess and doing life and not behaving super perfect. When I see kids behaving like super perfect, I go, ooh, that makes me nervous. Just saying. Some people go, wow, how do those parents have it all figured out? I go, ooh, that, that scares me a little bit. Just saying. And if you have it figured out and your kids love you and you get that, you are my hero. I haven't figured out how to do love and not have chaos. And maybe that's just the way my kids are, okay? But <laughs> they're high-fiving. <sighs> they're like, the Lord said he needs to suffer. And I'm pretty sure God just spoke to me. It's my job to get it done. <laughs> Titus, I'm talking to you, buddy, okay? Let's go, let's go. Easy, easy. <laughs> when love is present, things are messier. Look at the church. We started out this message talking about how messy our church is, and I can barely even talk about this message because our church is so messy. That's because God's love is so big. God's love is so big, he's okay with the mess because he trusts in himself and what he's gonna do in and through your life and he's gonna shape you in the image of Jesus and he doesn't need you to be perfect. He died for your imperfection. So it's welcomed. It's, it's like, hey, we're gonna fix all that stuff. Stay with me. He says, listen, when you are the most messed up, you run to the throne room when you need it most. And that's how we're supposed to be. And this is how our families need to be, is our kids need to feel love before control, love before correction, love before before discipline, love before instruction, respect and honor before all of those same things. And when I see my kids as God's masterpiece and I'm a steward, then the way I bring correction and direction to them, instruction to them, is very different. It's not so controlled. It's not so hands-on. I got to dial it in. When we go back and we hear Ephesians 5, 31, it said that we're supposed to leave and cleave our father and mother and then like leave our father and mother and cleave to our new spouse. The two become one. If you as a family don't create an independence away from your starter family, your mother and father, you'll never be able to create this level of respect and honor. So I'm now in preaching to grandmas and grandpas and mother-in-laws and some father-in-laws, okay? <laughs> My mother-in-law is beautiful. She's amazing. But it is kind of a joke because a lot of mother-in-laws get hovery, helicoptery, kids. 
we hear about helicopter parents, right? We want to keep our parents, the kids from ever experiencing pain and all this stuff. We do this and then we don't separate. We don't create space. And this is one of the things, parents, I want to encourage you. This applies to both spaces. Parents all the time. Give your kids space. When their hearts don't hover and control their lives. When we hover and control, it's because we don't trust. And you're, you, we don't trust that God is going to sort out the mess. But our job is to instruct and to encourage. But you can't instruct and encourage without someone's heart. They won't listen. Have you ever had, I have a child that was the most gifted at not listening but staying there. What? Why did she say Maggie? You are an angel. She is also a gift. She is like one of the biggest blessings on the whole planet. Anybody that knows her. It's so true. You're so amazing. <sighs> she has a special place in my heart. One of my kids may or may not have been Maggie. Um, whenever I would miss on this, they'd go blank. And they would... I would turn into Charlie Brown's teacher, right? And, and they would just be like in there until like, and I'm imagining in this person's mind. It was, Mag it was Maggie, okay, it was Maggie. She's like, oh God, when will this end? It feels like we're only like 10% of the way through this and it's 20 minutes. <laughs> and you're like, we just keep trying and trying and trying and pounding and pounding and pounding, right? And we're missing something. What we're missing is the heart of our kids. We're missing the heart of our kids. And what we need is to shift because we get frustrated and we think what we need is a bigger tool. And, and I've learned over my life that what I need is a bigger heart. I need more understanding. I need to slow down and take a new approach to hear and to instruct and to find out what's happening in my kids, okay? So I remember this one time, Justice, he was not getting ready for school. And I know we're going to church or whatever. And I think I've told this story before, but oh, Justice. He was so cute. He was like four or something. And, and he wouldn't come out from under the bed. And I was starting to get mad. I'm like, get out from under the bed. We got to go. And we're like going to be late. And all of a sudden, I started, I stopped, and I go, what am I feeling? You know what? I'm afraid, and I feel like people are going to judge me for being late. That's why I'm cranking on my kid right now. So I paused, and I go, Lord, just help me. And he goes, why don't you ask him what's going on? So I crawl under his bed. I'm like, hey, Jess, what's going on, dude? He goes, oh, my pants. <laughs> That's pretty good, wasn't it, Justice? Yeah. My pants are... I'm afraid people are going to make fun of me wearing these weird pants mom made me wear. <laughs> I added the mom made me wear thing, but it's true. <laughs> and so I go, so hey, if I get you a different pair of pants, any pair of pants you want to wear, are we good? He goes, yeah, that's be great. Let's do it. So he climbs right out, and he, all my kids had lists when they were kids. I don't know why, but. And uh, he puts them on, and boom, we're gone. I could have handled that two really different ways, huh? 
I could have cranked on him. I could have disciplined him. Your job's to obey me. That's not what the Bible told us. The Bible doesn't say, make your kids obey me. It says, kids obey me. So our job is to help instruct the heart of our children, not discipline obedience into our kids. It it doesn't work like that. You don't discipline something in and then it gets into someone's heart. You love it into their heart. you got to take it and massage it in their heart with love or it won't work. And that takes lots of time and you have to be willing to do lots of mess and you have to be willing to stop everything else and let everybody judge you if they're going to climb under the bed with your kid and ask them what's going on. And then they learn love and relationship with you. And out of that place, every time any of my kids start getting lippy and they're teenagers, you know, I, don't, I got three now, they start getting lippy, I go, hey, listen, we don't do this. Do you know why we don't do this? It's because I love you. And you love me. And they go, yeah, I do love you. I go, yeah. And so let's treat each other with honor and respect. What do we need to do to make that happen right now? I mean, how many times have we had those conversations, kids? Over and over and over and over, right? And the more time we spend together, the easier it gets. It's kind of this miracle God created. Our kids have issues and problems, and they become rebellious when they're neglected more than any other thing. They've lost their way. Verse 4. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. We have a really important role to bring them up, which means to teach and disciple and train, and we do that all through the foundation of love. And this love does have discipline. Discipline means structure, expectations, We are encouraging and motivating and driving and holding the line for our kids. And yes, that means consequences. It does mean, discipline means also consequences. All right, but obedience is a different thing. Their job is to learn obedience, just like Jesus learned obedience. Hello? Even Jesus learned obedience. He did it out of worship for his father. Your kids have to learn to have an obedient heart that honors. But we have to, the only way we get there is when we learn how to, from love, we instruct and we build up and we discipline, that we build this heart in them that comes from the Lord. When, I'll say this about Titus. Uh, This kid is one of the most fun kids that I have, okay? And he's 16 now. And I remember when he was a kid and he was little, he was stealing stuff all the time. He was like a little terrorist inside of our family. And he was fun, man. He would throw a roll of toilet paper into the toilet every day. <clears throat> and this is proof. I mean, I could not discipline that out of him. I tried everything, I promise. And he would steal stuff from his brothers. One time he chased one of his brothers into a corner to just to pee on him. It happened. He did that for fun. He was like, yeah. I disciplined him afterward. He's all like, thanks, Dad. I'm like, oh, how am I going to do this? And then I started praying. I'm like, this kid needs to get saved. I mean, this kid needs to get saved. I need this kid to get saved. (laughs) The second he got saved, it totally shifted. (laughs) I know, that's fun. Sorry, Titus. Uh, You can, (laughs) you did it. Okay, I'm 
<laughs> my kids are always like, oh my gosh. These are my stories. This is my life. It's all I got. Okay. I learned I, if I cranked on him and, and like disciplined him harshly, I was going to beat out of him the thing that makes him great. That's the thing that makes him so awesome is he's so much fun and he's got so much life and he's got so much passion. He's got so much drive. He is going to do the thing God made him to do. He's got a heart of worship. Like, but that heart of worship started when he got saved and when we led him to Jesus. And we think about this is we build them up or we bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. The most important thing is that Jesus is present in our families, guys. He's present in our prayer. He's present in our lives. We can't fake it. Going to church and pretending to be a Christian is lame. It's like there is nothing cool about that. When you give your life to Jesus and he is working from the inside out, bringing you real peace, real harmony, real love, Kindness is coming from within you out and that is going into your children and then you see it happening in them and they're loving you. Like it is amazing when my kids are ministering to me and to my family. We've been through some hard years and my, especially my Maggie, she is like so sweet and she prays for me and she loves on me and she prays for my wife. Sometimes she's counseling me. <laughs> Even Judah, I mean my, my kids are now ministers in my own home and family because we've trained them and helped them learn how to love Jesus and we embrace the mess along the way to protect them from the judgments of other people or expectations that they have to be something. None of your kids, guys, in our church have to be something. Just love them first, okay? Can we just take the lid off of trying to expect all our kids to be perfect? You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to raise perfect kids. Man, just flip and try to love them. Fall in love with Jesus, try to love them. We need a church family that's just loving and accepting first, okay? And you can't be perfect at it. You don't need to be. But man, you need to have every single one of your heart's kids. Kids, hearts. That sounded like... <laughs> Maybe that was gross, okay? Put the heart back inside your child. Have the child's heart, metaphorically, okay? Can we, we can do worship team. You guys can come out. I'm going to keep talking forever. Um, Zach, you're going to have to do slaves and masters next week. Or just not. You can skip it. Okay. Okay, he's going to skip it. <clears throat> if he's got plans. Ephesians 2.8. Ephesians 2.8. We're going to close with this. Can you go back to that for me? I know I'm all over the place here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. God saved you by his grace, when you believed. This is the best thing you can do for your family. Give your life to Jesus. Just give your life to Jesus. Lead your kids to Jesus. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we've done, so none of us can boast about it. We are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us to do long ago. The good things you're hoping your kids do come from having a relationship with Jesus. They just do. Your hope that they're gonna turn out, listen, you want them to turn out in heaven. 
And you know what? You want to be there too. The Bible says that we've all messed up. We all make mistakes. We all come up short. None of us have it figured out. None of us are perfect parents. None of us are perfect people. And we all need Jesus because he comes and he forgives us for all of the wrong things that we've done. The Bible says super simply, without Jesus, we do not have life, eternal life. For eternity, you're without Jesus. Totally separated from the love and the power and the presence of God. But with him, he forgives all your sins and fills you with his love and his comfort. And he makes you belong. He brings you into his family. And now you're part of the family. And you have the life-giving source of all power and life is living inside of you. And he said, all you have to do is believe. Just believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. You can shift your family today, give your life to Jesus. You can shift your family today, give your heart back to Jesus. Come on. You can repent from trying to run. It doesn't matter what you've done. You can repent for it and do everything you can do to try to repair your relationships. You've been harsh to your kids. Give your life to Jesus, man. Give this, you might be saved, but give this part of your life over to Jesus. Be vulnerable. Tell your kids, you know what? I am sorry I've been harsh. I was afraid. I was sad. I was lonely. I've been disappointed. I don't care what the reason is. Be vulnerable. And your kids, you're turning your heart to them and their heart will turn back to you. Come on. Every single one of us has stuff to repair. I think about these kind of messages and I'm thinking, I gotta go repair stuff in my marriage and marriage and my family and my kids. And, it, it, and, and it's worth doing, guys. But the first thing is that you give your life to him. All these things come. All these blessings and benefits come when we give our life to him. Will you close your eyes with me for a moment? People in here today, you haven't given your life to Jesus. Come on, what are you waiting for? This is your moment. Make a shift today, right now. Don't wait. Do it for yourself. And do it for your kids. But if you're here and you've never released or turned your life over to Jesus and given it to him fully, then I'm gonna invite you to do that with me right now. We'll just pray a really simple, we'll pray a real simple prayer and you'll get an opportunity to turn your heart to him. But if you're here today and you're ready to do that, say, I wanna give my life to Jesus. I wanna turn my life over to him. Will you just stretch your hand up in the air? I'm ready to do it. Yep, I see your hand. I see it, yep, all over the place. Here we go. Yeah, I see you. Give your life to Jesus. Good for you, buddy. All right, you can put your hands down. Yep, I see you back there. Thank you. Let's pray. Bible says, Believe in my heart, confess with my mouth, I will be saved. That Jesus is Lord, I will be saved. So let's pray this all together. Whole church family, come on. Whether you're, wherever you're at, you're turning your life back, you're giving your life to him the first time. Man, we're giving stuff over to him. So let's pray, Jesus, I believe you are God and I surrender my life to you. Come save me. Change my life today. I worship you, Jesus. You are my God and my Savior. Fill me with your love and your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. A bunch of people getting saved today. I like it. Before we close in worship, I want to just pray. I know there's a lot of you, and we're going to have our prayer team come up when we close the service, but um, there's a lot of people that need prayer in this area, right? This is real life. It's really hard. It's really messy, and it's really awesome. It's, like, amazing how it's so, so much, and it's worth it. The greatest blessings you're going to experience in your life are going to come from this space. Kids, I'm just feeling like this is a prophetic word. There's some of you in here, and your families aren't perfect. Your families are broken. And it doesn't matter what age you are, okay? You have parents, and the relationships are broken. God is saying, I, I, am, I want you to surrender your life to me. Do it in honor and obedience right now. And I'm going to do a miracle in your family. You can lead your family to Jesus. Almost my entire family is saved. I got saved, and I was the only believer in like, like 18. There's like 18 family members from extended family members all around. My, all of my immediate family, my mom, my dad, and my brother all got saved. Two of my, three of my cousins got saved. A couple of my uncles got saved, okay? Just piles of people in my family, and then their extended families all got saved, and now their kids got saved, okay? You can lead your family to Jesus. I did that as a child. I was a 16-year-old kid in my home, and I started to become a light to my family. And you can do it too. The way you speak about your parents, and the way you cover them, even when they're making mistakes, you love them, you cover them, you honor them. Come on, bless them, pray for them. And God's gonna ignite our church. He's gonna ignite your families. And they're gonna come to know him. Don't give up, okay? I do feel like there are families in here you're on the brink or thinking about giving up on your marriage. Lord's saying, don't do it. Do not do it. Figure out a way. God's got the strength. He's going to give you the strength to make it through it. And you've got to do everything you can do. Husbands, especially, come on. Husbands, especially, do everything you can do to make it right. Get it right. I'm going to pray. Father, I love you today. If you want a blessing and you need a blessing, come on, just lift your heart, your hands up. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm speaking favor and blessing over your kids, over our family. God, let your love fill us. There's no way we could do any of this without you. God, we are desperate for you. These are just things to say if you're not empowering them, God. Pour out your grace over all of us. Father, we turn our hearts to you. And God, we're asking, God, that you would allow our hearts as fathers to turn back to our kids. And Lord, as mothers, back to our kids. And as kids, back to our parents. Lord, I pray you bring revival and unity in our church, God. It predicates revival, Lord, is hearts being turned back to one another. Families in love with you. God, I pray that this church will have the lowest divorce rate in the nation. Lord, that there will be more love and more unity and honor, God. And people won't stay together because they're just trying hard. Lord, they will be together because your love is so rich and because we honor and love each other. We come against abuse in Jesus' name. Will you stop the abuse, Lord, in our families and in our marriages? Lord, there is no excuse for any kind of verbal or emotional abuse in our families. And we break off that curse over Alaska in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. God, we ask for the infilling of your love over us, over our church, God. Let your Holy 
holiness, God, your righteousness, fill us today that we would live for you, God. You're the only thing that we really, really need. And God, we need you to help us. We worship you today. Will you stand with me, church? Let's, let's turn our hearts to him and worship. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.